stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Folks, good to have you tuned into the program here, kicking off our second hour of the show. And I wanted to let us reach for the stars in the most literal sense in this segment. There was an op-ed in the Globe and Mail that was written, very lengthy one, by Ewan Reed, who is the president and CEO of Mission Control Space Services. And he makes a really compelling case in this piece. That Canada not only needs to stay in the space business, but also really needs to up its game and start trying to become a major player. It's a lofty aspiration. It's one that uh, people may remember back in the 1960s, John F. Kennedy did. He made a goal and a mission that ended up becoming a reality and a part of history. And we don't necessarily have our equivalent now of a Canadian politician like Kennedy that's speaking out and saying we're going to do what he said about the moon. But... We do have an appetite for it, and it sounds like there's a lot of reasons. There are many, many reasons that we should be stepping into this race and really trying to win it. Ewan Reed joins me on the line now. It's good to talk to you. Thanks very much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. So you did a lot of mission control work. You've worked with the CSA, with NASA. Now you're in the, the private sector, which it always astonishes me to see how much of a growth area there is in, in private space operations and private space businesses. Yeah, that's really the big uh, the big shift that we've seen in the industry in the last say five to ten years is, is this um, transition to uh, private companies doing things that previously were only the domain of governments and, and militaries. And uh, I think it, it indicates a profound shift, uh, a transition to to space being this kind of new and an active domain. Um, you know, it's not just an area for research. It's not just an area to to put up you know uh, TV satellites or GPS satellites, but it's it's the next area where you know humans are going to be you know, living eventually. And, and between now and that time, um, we're going to be doing all sorts of other things uh, commercially. Is the reason the private sector is stepping up to the plate just because there's a, a regulatory environment that allows it? Or is it really because governments are lacking the willpower or the funding to do what the private sector space companies are saying needs to be done or should be done? Um, I, I think there, there's a couple factors, but ultimately, you know, when it comes to the private sector, it, it, it's that they can make money. You know, they, they, you know, in the past, there wasn't viable business models uh, whereby a company could, you know, launch a satellite and, and make a lot of money. There was, you know, countries could do it for certain reasons. And then really big companies, telecoms companies, you know, Sirius Radio or something like that could, could launch a fleet of satellites. But, uh, uh, you know, typically the average small company couldn't do it. The, the R&D costs were really too high. And, um, and there wasn't that return on investment or there was too much technological risk. But with advances in, in you know, material science, energy storage, computing power, you know, all these technological advances that we're, we're seeing here on the ground, those apply to space as well. And so what that means is now people are finding business models that are viable. And so in the olden days, you might, send a, you might spend a half a billion dollars to build a satellite the size of a school bus and put it up into a geostationary orbit and have it do you know, one thing and have it, you know, hoping that it lasts 10 years. And nowadays, people are looking to do this in a completely different way. They're, they're looking to send up a fleet of, say, you know, 300 shoebox-sized satellites, only a couple hundred kilometers over the Earth's surface, all spinning around and doing the same thing in that constellation as that one big expensive satellite could do higher up in orbit. And, and that, that shift means that there's a whole slew of new ways for those companies to make money. And, and really, when it comes to the private sector, you know, the, the reality is that those companies aren't going to do that unless they can make money. 
Um, but the other thing here is that uh, there are some examples of private companies that are doing things in space because they believe it will help humanity. And I think Elon Musk is a good example of that. Uh, you know, he's the stated goal for SpaceX is to make humans an interplanetary species to to transport some of us to Mars, such that if there's a catastrophic event here on Earth, uh, you know, an asteroid impact, a nuclear war, or something else, that you know we don't uh, die out, that, that we're still living. And that sounds far fetched. It sounds. Um, you know, a few, few years ago, you might have thought that that was crazy. But, you know, that's a company that not only is profitable, but is developing the technology um, with a view to being able to use it in that application. So, you know, the reason, part of the reason that they, they now uh, reuse first stages of rockets certainly is to save money and so that you can use the same rocket twice, which is something that no one had ever done before. And, and now SpaceX is doing it. But it's also a critical technology and enabling technology to be able to go to Mars and come back because you can't take off if you can't take off from another planet, you know, people aren't going to be uh, as willing to go. And so I think there, there's um, the majority of companies certainly are just doing it because they can make money and that's going to grow and grow and grow. Um, but there's also other people that are doing it because they see the, the need and the value for this, this new frontier to be to be challenged and, and to, uh, you know, keep exploring, which is something that humans have done. Uh, forever. Space doesn't have the international geopolitical borders that we have on Earth. And when we're up there, I think it matters a lot less than it does down here, perhaps, which country's behind it. But why do you think Canada specifically needs to become more of a player in this space? No pun intended. Yeah, well, let me give you an example. Um, the government of Luxembourg in the last couple of years has announced several initiatives uh, related to uh, regulation, but also funding specifically for off-world mining. So, you know, pl- extraction of resources from asteroids or from the moon. And as a result, a whole slew of companies are set up in Luxembourg and are doing R&D and are, are aiming to do this. I, I actually, as a Canadian, know several other Canadian engineers that are over in Luxembourg working right now. And the reason I use this example is because, you know, we don't think of Luxembourg as a country that has, you know, big mining interests or big robotics interests or big space interests or any of these technologies that are going to be relevant to this endeavor. And so what that means is that Luxembourg is making this investment, not because it's, um, you know, a, a stimulus package, a kind of make work, help our own local economy kind of thing. It's not protectionist. It's purely because they believe that this investment will pay dividends for them in the long term. And so what that indicates is that, um, a company, or I think it indicates, is a country like Canada, who has these industries, it has a space industry, it has a, a huge re- resource industry. Um, we could make similar investments here and not only support those industries and, and I, you know, keep a lot of sectors kind of happy, we would also reap the benefits of those dividends in the future. To me, it seems a no-brainer that a country like Canada should be doing that and not a country like Luxembourg. You know, how come we're not taking the lead when, when, uh, when, when someone ought to? What would that actually look like? Because I know that a lot of people can point to achievements that you note in your piece here, like Canadarm and contributions to other missions. And you very rightly point out that these are all well and good, but we're talking about things that are decades old now. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, these are not projects that, you know, it's not, it, we're not going to have a startup company that, you know, creates a new app and, 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 you know, does some marketing and releases it in two months and everyone's using it, in, you know, two months later. I mean, these are different kind of projects. You need to do very long-term R&D and, and spend large amounts of money, you know, when you're talking about something like asteroid mining or, or you know, even something less ambitious, just, just you know, uh, the next space station or, or even just, you know, Earth uh, observation satellites. Um, and, and so we need to, to, to make that investment now, and, and there's incentive for companies to do that because of the risks involved and the, and the long-term horizons. 
And so if government is able to step in and play a role in de-risking those, those activities and, and provide the right regulatory framework to make it feasible for, for companies to do that, then they will do that and they'll be positioned such that in 20 years when we start making money and when, when you know, emer- uh, dominant players emerge, we'll be some of those dominant players. I think if we wait for 20 years and suddenly we see that, you know, asteroid mining is going on and there's, there's 20 space hotels and there's a lunar colony and all this stuff is, is real and Canada says, oh, well, oh, we should get involved in that too. Well, guess what? It's, it's far too late. Um, you know, I, I think uh, it, it's it's kind of like saying, oh, we're not going to, you know, King Philip of Spain is not going to send, um, you know, explorers over to the New World uh, because, well, I'll let someone else do it and, and wait and see if it pans out. I mean, we have to be bold and we have to lead the way if, uh, if we want to be the ones to reap the benefits. Uh, we've already kind of let things slide, you know, and with 15 years of, of stagnant or um, reducing budgets for the Canadian Space Agency, uh, you know, I think that's an indication that, that we're already kind of well, well behind. Um, not to mention the fact that, you know, compared to NASA, the Canadian Space Agency gets one-seventh what NASA does per capita. You know, so taking population into account. Really, that means that we're hardly doing anything in space, and yet we're able to achieve the great things like the Canada Arm and having uh, a really solid astronaut corps, you know, four great astronauts. But we also can't forget that we've only had one astronaut mission in the last I don't know how many years now, which is Chris Hadfield. So really, we are already falling behind, and you know, now is the time to, to step up to the plate. Otherwise, it's just going to be too far to catch up. Chris Hadfield's an interesting example, and I've interviewed him in the past, and one of the things that I, I raised with him a couple of months ago was the idea of whether his work had really reinvigorated the discussion around space, and he and I both agreed that it had, but that hasn't really translated into government meeting that. I think that you got a lot of that wide-eyed enthusiasm for space. There were a lot of people that watched the YouTube videos and whatnot, but it didn't really translate into anything apart from really celebrity for him, and I don't say that as a slight against him. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, and I mean, I guess it, it needs to be seen. And, you know, we, we've got uh, Minister Marneau probably stepping up in front of cabinet, you know, any minute now and, and making some announcements. And, you know, we were, were somewhat optimistic that maybe there will be a change and that this is the year that, that we're going to do something bold and, and, and actually, you know, uh, leverage some of the inspiration that, that, that Chris Hadfield has given us. Um, but, but maybe not. And, and if not, if, if that's all it was, if it was just a song and dance, um, you know, it's, it's going to be too bad for our next generation because we're going to be the ones, you know, missing out. We're not going to be the ones to take advantage. Um, you know, the, the Chinese have, I think, five active launch sites uh, and are spending an enormous amount of money on R&D in all sorts of space activities and, and you know, have their own uh, space station, their own astronauts, their own programs. They're doing so much. Uh, again, just an, an indication that they see the value and see the long-term you know, strategic benefit of making space a, a national strategic asset. It, it's not an industry like another one that, that you support, you know, uh, in, in, a, in a kind of certain way. It, it touches on every other industry. How do you sell it, though, to people? Because we every day are bombarded with news of this program's not funded, this thing isn't. And if you're to go to someone with what looks on the outset like a pipe dream, because people don't understand the day-to-day impact, positive impact that space can have, how does a government or how does any stakeholder in this go to people and say, no, 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 this isn't just a subsidy, this isn't just a a make-work project, this is actually something that will benefit you? Well, certainly, and, and I, I totally see that that's a challenge. But I think that actually space, is, it's an easy sell. And so what I would say is to anybody who pushes back and says, well, why, why would we invest in this? I would say, okay, what do you think we should invest in? And almost across the board, whatever they say, whatever they answer, I can come up with a way that space helps facilitate that. 
You know, so, I mean, in the article, I, I included a couple of examples, but th- there are numerous ones. I mean, it, without, without space assets doing, you know, detailed monitoring of, of, um, of, of the ground, the, the latest Canadian farmers are not going to be able to compete with the, the countries who have those, those assets. You know, farming is, is very much a space domain now. And, and that's because, you know, we can do precision agriculture. We can understand the health of crops. Um, we can under, we can understand and predict what yields will be like because of weather patterns. And you know, I don't know anything about farming. I know that space helps it, and and that's just one example. There's there's many others. In fact, it's hard on the on the flip side. It's hard to think of an industry that space doesn't support. And certainly, it, it's it's a little bit abstracted, and it's hard to see, you know, the the direct effects. You know, it's not the same as as spending money to to you know immediately put food in the starving person's mouth. But what it's doing is is it's it's supporting the long term uh, objectives. It, it's saying we're going to be able to put pe- food in people's mouths ten years from now and do it sustainably uh, for fifty years to come. Do you think that, or let me ask a question in a different way because I know it is coming. When do you think uh, space tourism is going to be a widely available thing? So it's been a while since it's been flipping every year. Um, Richard Branson and his company Virgin Galactic uh, announced, I think it was about eight years ago, that we're going to have space tourists in you know 2011, and then you know the, in, in 2009 that that flipped to 2012, and it, it just keeps slipping. And they, they've had a couple uh, mishaps, uh, and so it, it, it's continually slipped. But you know, I think it's going to happen. I would say. I mean, frankly, there has been space tourism. People have, have paid money and, and been allowed to fly up on the, on the Russian Soyuz spacecraft and gone to the International Space Station. Um, th- that's already happened, uh, but the price tag is, is something like, I can't remember what it is, $10 million or some large number. It's, it's far beyond the reach of the average person. And so really what's, what's going to be interesting is when that price tag comes down, when, when the average person could say, well, you know, I, I, I could have a really expensive, elaborate holiday and go to Galapagos Islands for, for $10,000, but I'd rather go to space. Well, yeah, that, look that, at how much that... air travel used to cost. And, and obviously they're, they're not an entirely comparable, but we have seen over time a, a very sharp decline. At one point it was only for the, the 1% of the 1%, and now theoretically everyone in the middle class can. Exactly. And I would always say to people, you know, when people ask me that question, when is space tourism going to be kind of commonplace like that? And I say, your kids, you know, certainly your, your children will have the option of, of taking a holiday to space and it will be within their budget. So, you know, is it in two years? You know, I don't know, probably not. Uh, it's certainly within 20 years. And then I think more likely it's closer to less than 10 than it is to 20. Ewan Reed joins me on the line, CEO of Mission Control Space Services, author of a great op-ed in the Globe and Mail, Shoot for the Moon, Why Canada Must Become a Leader in Space. Thanks so much for coming on the show today, sir. Great chatting. All right. Thank you very much. All the best. When we return in a couple of moments, do you think that space travel, the final frontier, the next step, do you think that this is a distant pipe dream? literal and figurative, or do you think this is actually an area where the government needs to invest, the Canadian government specifically? We'll talk about this up next. Your calls and text to 403-974-8255, 403-974-8255. Back in a moment, I'm Andrew Lawton. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.